my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? Well, today I have a very special treat for you. If you are a Full House fan, you know today's a special day. It's somebody's birthday from the cast of Full House and Fuller House. And that person is Scott Weinger. Or is it Winger? 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 Anyway, <laughs> yes, he played Steve. His first appearance on Full House was in season five, Sisters in Crime. In that episode, he played Steve Peters. However, in season six, he comes back in season six, episode one, Come Fly With Me, and he is renamed Stephen Hale, or Steve Hale. And that is the name that he will carry on through seasons six through eight and into Fuller House, which is currently going to be going in soon to its fifth season once its episodes drop on Netflix. So I thought, you know what? I've been doing birthday special episodes for uh, Full House cast members on their special day. I'm like, you know what? I want to do one for Steve. I'm like... There really isn't, trying to think of one that's solely centered on Steve because he's a side character. I'm like, well, wait a minute. There is an episode that focuses, there's actually a few that focus on him and DJ, but some of those others, they're going to be used in other segments, other series that I plan to do down the road. And the episode I am talking about is season seven, episode two, entitled The Apartment. When I saw the promo for this back when it, the show was airing, back in 93, so this episode aired on September 21st, 1993, usually at the end of the previous episode, they will come in and show next week on Full House, and it will air that promo throughout the week until the next Time that it airs, and I remember some of the, probably even the apartment episode could have been seen as a, not a huge, like, it's not serious like Silence is Golden, or, um, the season seven episode, The Last Dance, but it does deal with a teenage girl who is in a serious relationship with her boyfriend who is a year older. He's got his own apartment now, so that kind of means DJ is getting, you know, free reign to go over to Steve's new place. Danny, of course, is very hesitant. Like, I really don't feel comfortable of you going over to a boy's apartment. Even though, I mean, he knows Steve. Guys, we know Steve. Steve would never try anything on DJ. He... Anything against her will, anything to make her uncomfortable in any way. So, but Danny is a parent, of course, regardless of whether he knows the boy or doesn't know the boy. It's like, the boy has his own apartment. I don't feel comfortable. Yet, later in season eight, he lets DJ go to a frat party. Really. But anyway, we're not here to talk about um, 
the episode where Kimmy gets drunk at a frat party. We're here to talk about DJ and Steve in the apartment. Let me read the synopsis. Steve gets an apartment because, you know, he's in college and DJ's a junior in high school. And DJ goes for a visit. She falls asleep on the couch with Steve. Danny gets angry when she doesn't come home to meet her curfew. And he goes to the building, looks through a little window that's right above the doorway, sees DJ draped on Steve with a blanket covering them. They're asleep on the couch. And, of course, he thinks, oh, no, what happened to my baby girl? Is her innocence gone? What happened? Guys, it's nothing like that. But the way that the promo showed this really made it, like, look like, oh, we've seen DJ grow up for six seasons now. She's in a relationship with a serious boy. But when she goes over to his house and misses her curfew and Danny sees, it it just makes it out to be like, oh, DJ, what have you done? What are you going to do, DJ? It's almost like DJ and Steve together have been together for a season and it's almost like, will they take that next step? As we probably see in the promo, them kissing and then falling asleep on the couch and then Danny seeing through the window. It's like, the promo made a big, big deal. And I doubt I would even be able to find a promo for that episode, but I'm going to look real quick. Okay, guys, I looked. I did not see one for the apartment. Um, I did, however, see a special episode promo for The Last Dance. And I'm like, oh my god. That, actually, that episode, when I do that, is going to be under, I think I'm going to probably call the series, like, Serious Episodes, or, um, maybe Life Lessons, or something like that, because I also want to include the, um, Silence is Golden, The Last Dance, um, Kimmy getting drunk at the frat party, also, the one where DJ, um, trying to lose weight to fit into a bathing suit and also the one where DJ's uh, boyfriend Kevin I don't even know if you want to call him a boyfriend because he only made two appearances and they weren't official but even you know the episode where she got caught with a beer in her hand like that yeah but um alright alright this episode's got a 7.4 out of 10 rating on IMDB out of 150 Eight ratings. Let's see if we have any guest stars for this. We do not have any guest stars for this episode. Wow, okay. This episode was directed by John Tracy, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Tom Burkhard. Also a writer. All right. We have some trivia. Since this episode aired on a Tuesday, it premiered on the same night as a pilot episode and series premiere of NYPD Blue. Interesting. First time that Kimmy Gibbler's bedroom is shown. And guys, it is the only time her bedroom is shown that I can think. Yeah, I think this is the only time. Alright, we got some goofs. Jesse and Joey pave a driveway. However, the driveway is no longer there throughout the rest of the show. No, it was simply a a plot device. That poor kitchen window has been through so much. Remember when Stephanie drove a car through it in season 3? And driving, uh, um, is it driving Miss Stephanie? 
it's not Driving Miss Stephanie because there's an episode called Driving Miss DJ. No, this episode is Honey, I Broke the House, which is a play on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. <laughs> I am going to get to the, um, the review for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and I will be putting it up on the Punky Power podcast SoundCloud page, too. So that way you guys don't get to miss out on the, the family-friendly um, movies that I review. I was looking at Fuller House, and there's an episode called Driving Mr. Jackson, where Jackson gets drunk at a football party because he's on the football team, and Fernando and Ramona pick Jackson up, and they try to keep it from DJ. I will cover that eventually. Guys, that could have been a serious episode, but it just... Being it's Jackson, and he's just all around goofy, it could have been better. He played it for laughs. There's a song called Keep On Walking. Um... Okay, I don't think this is a song. I think someone just like hums. Why is the Adams family not the theme not in here? Because Jesse and Joey kind of they sing it, don't they? They do because Jesse and Joey, while they're scraping the you know smoothing out the cement for a so-called driveway, which we never see again. Jesse and Be- or Danny and Becky come out at the at the second go. <laughs> Alright, here's some reviews for this episode. 10 out of 10, March 30th, 2019. Title, Freak Out Control. Oh my god. This is a contender for the best episode of season 7. Every season has its little stash of goodies, but this might be the best in the season. Guys, I already like this review. Not just because it's a 10 out of 10 and the title is Freak Out Control, but they call it a goodie. A little, a little stash of goodie. I like that. Kathy Santoni is expecting. <laughs> yes, she is. We don't see her, but we hear of her. Guys, we... <coughs> Excuse me. We never see her again after... Well, we do see her in Fuller House, but as far as Full House goes, her last episode is going to be at that dance where um, DJ gets caught with a beer in her hand. That was a... Ser- oh, my... When I saw a preview for that... Oh, no, DJ, don't drink that beer. No! Michelle needs a hobby. <laughs> Jesse and Joey put in a driveway. Joey needs to relieve tension because he's so stressed. All those jokes, guys. Whew. A lot of pressure. <laughs> All of these are in the backdrop of DJ being invited over to Steve's new apartment. What seems to be about two people about to make love quickly. Oh, hold on. What seems to be about two people about to make love quickly gets scrapped. Guys, I when I first saw this episode, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh no, DJ, are you going to lose your V-card? You're not ready. Don't do not do it, DJ. Actually, no. I was like, oh my gosh, do it, do it, yes. My teenage self. <laughs> when I was 11. <laughs> they fall asleep on the couch and DJ misses her curfew. Danny searches the building, which is hilarious. He forbids DJ to go there again. Steve comes over and Danny watches them like a hawk where bigger hilarity happens. Obviously, things get wrapped up in traditional Full House fashion, but not before exciting comedy takes over. When comedy has the element of excitement, comedy has just furthered itself into greatness. I love this review. I lo- who, who wrote this review? 
Power Mandant. I like it. I Power Mandant, you are the you're awesome. Awesome, awesome. Awesome sauce. Okay, next one. 7 out of 10. The one with the apartment. Isn't that how um the Friends episode titles are like the one with this, the one with that, you know. Uh this one is from August 13th, 2015. Taylor Kingston. Okay. I enjoyed this episode. It's not one of my all-time favorite episodes from the series or even the season. In this episode, Steve gets a new apartment and DJ goes over to see it and to watch some movies. But when she accidentally falls asleep and Danny is furious about her not being home on time, so he goes to Steve's apartment and looks through the window and sees him snuggled up on the couch. He instantly makes a scene and doesn't believe DJ when she says nothing happened. Overall, I give this episode a 7 out of 10, which in my ratings book is great. Good, 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 good. You have some connections. The apartment title reference. Adam's family. Th- connections. Okay, so that was in the con- Joey and Jesse seeing the theme. Terminator. DJ and Steve fall asleep watching the film together. And a decent proposal. DJ and Steve consider watching the film. Guys, that is a rated R movie. And uh, it's got a sex scene in like the first five minutes of it. I've seen it. Um, watched it back in the day when I worked at the video store when Jeremy and I like first started dating. This movie, The Apartment, came out in 1960 and it's two hours long. What is this even about? A man tries to rise in his company by letting its executives use his apartment for trysts, but complications in a romance of his own ensue. So basically this guy who wants to rise up in the company that he's in so bad, he's like, oh yeah, you guys can use my apartment to, um, you know, cheat on your spouses or your significant others or if you just want to get down to the bone zone or whatever you want. Of course, as long as I get to climb that ladder of uh, opportunity, sure, you can do whatever you want. All right, I got the DVD case in front of me. A boyfriend with his own apartment. Cool, says DJ. Uh-oh, says Danny. Okay, I do not like that one. Who wrote that one? It was okay. It wasn't great. All right, here's how you can follow along with the podcast. The Facebook page at... You just type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast, guys. Oh, my Lanta, Holy Chalupas is going to pop right up. Instagram, OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Pod. At Twitter, OMHC Full House. And if you want to send an audio clip on an upcoming episode or a, a past episode that I've done, you got comments, you got, you know, what opinions that you want to be heard, you want the world to hear your opinions on the episode, I would love to hear it. Just please keep it clean. This is a clean Full House, Fuller House podcast. That is email is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com and I will put the email address in the episode description. Alright. Let's dive into this episode. I've seen this multiple times. The last episode I watched was part of the Back to School series that I'm currently doing that was Be True to Your Preschool. And I've seen that episode a, a bazillion times and I actually caught a Something that I did not catch before. If you go to the Instagram or the Facebook page, I have a little video of that scene where Joey comes up 
to Jesse and Becky's apartment, and Jesse and Becky are, like, going over the application, and Joey mentions about laundry, like, hey, I put, I gotta do my laundry, I took yours out, or whatever, or no, he said he's done with his own, he'll, he put Becky's in, and he's like, oh, you're supposed to separate the colors from the whites, oh, you're supposed to, oh, I use the hottest water possible, well, in between that conversation, between Joey and Becky, you hear a weird yell from someone off stage in the background. I don't know if it's like a wrangler for the twins or what that was, but it clearly wasn't caught when they were editing the episode, but check that out. Maybe you guys can figure out what that is. It definitely sounds like a person. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that the episode, of course, in case I mispronounce it, it's from season six, entitled Silence is Not Golden. If I said silence is golden, I apologize. <coughs> so we jump right into this cold open. It's in the living room. We close in on the coffee table. It's got a black doctor bag with a little blonde haired boy and a red headed girl playing with doctor equipment. In the background, it's a blue circle with a white cross and then underneath it's got like a little white line so that way you can put like oh Nikki's doctor bag or Alex's doctor bag or something like that <laughs> so Jesse gets up from the couch and he pretends like oh I'm sick is there a doctor in the house cue Nikki running from one direction to his father and Alex coming in from the other side into the in the living room, and he's like, hey, is there a doctor in the house? And both, they, adorable, they got those little, uh, shining mirror, forehead mirror things that the old-timey doctors had. I don't think they have them anymore. They both have tongue depressors. That's So, he sticks his tongue out, and each boy takes a turn putting the tongue depressor in the mouth. Luckily, they don't shove it in his mouth, it's just like... They just rested just inside his mouth. He goes, ah, ah. And I was like, all right, what's my old ticker say? So uh, one of the twins has got his little stethoscope. And I'm guessing that maybe John Stamos is maybe ad-libbing a little bit with the twins, maybe. Maybe not. I would think with them, because they're not really getting too many lines, because they are still pretty young. The, the twins are, so it's just kind of rolling with whatever. Like, hey, we're going to play doctor today, okay? And... Nikki or Alex is like, boom, 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 as he holds uh, the stethoscope up to his dad's chest. Jesse's like, ah, I feel like a million bucks plus tax. Oh, they each have a bag. Okay. Oh, there's one of those ear thing, like, uh, things that you stick in the ear. I'm guessing it's got a little thing that you turn on the side. I'm not sure what that does. Usually when you're sick and something, if a doctor's sick and something in your ear, it's got a little light on it so they can actually, like, look inside your ear. I was like, alright, good, I feel all better now. What kind of payment you want? How can I pay you? And of course they're like, horsey, horsey! What parent probably hasn't had to play horsey for their toddler? But, I mean, and Jesse's got twins there, so it's like you can imagine all, like, how much those kids probably weigh? At least, maybe... 20 plus pound maybe around there times that times two he's got almost probably 50 pounds on his back i wouldn't be surprised like Ew. so i'm gonna play this clip uh, oh i 
I'm sick. Is there a doctor in the house? Is there a doctor in the house? Oh, two doctors. Very good. Ah. Ah. Thank you. All right. Uh, what's my old ticker say? Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. I feel like a million bucks plus tax. You, you guys really? Okay, check the ear real fast. Okay. You can see right through, right? Thank you. I'm all better now. What do you guys want? What, what kind of payment? How can I pay you? Horsey. Horsey? Horsey. Oh, you want a horsey back ride for your payment? Okay. Here we go. Jump on, guys. Jump on. Hurry. Hurry. While we're young. Here we go. There we are. It's a good thing I don't pay Dr. Fishman like this. <laughs> all right. We come out of the intro. Danny is just dusting with a feather duster in the kitchen. Just the wall, the lamp, over by the little desk near the stairs. So DJ and Kimmy come in, and Danny's like, oh, let me guess, you guys stopped by the mall after school, huh? And DJ's like, oh, yeah, well, we had to buy gifts for Kathy's shower tonight. So Danny kind of says, like, oh, wow, I can't believe that kid is getting married. And they're like, oh, well, she's already married. She's having a baby. Oh, he's like, your friend Kathy Santoni is getting married? And Kimmy's like, oh, yeah, I mean, she's already married. Now she's having a baby. Danny is just floored the idea of, like, a 16-year-old girl getting married in high school. Because DJ's only about, gotta be at least maybe 16, 17 tops at that point, at this point in the show. And he's like, well, she's still in high school. I'd be like, Danny... You haven't heard of One Tree Hill and Nathan and Haley, but they got married in high school. In fact, on graduation day, when Haley is delivering her speech, her water breaks because she's pregnant and she's going to have her baby that day. Spoiler alert if you guys have not seen all of One Tree Hill. Check it out. It's on Hulu right now, along with Full House. Check it out. Hulu's also got Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I never watched that. I did watch a little bit of Family Matters, but later on in the show, it's like, eh, I can't. Steve just got too weird for me. And as an adult, it's like he just gets on my nerves. And he's like, yeah, I know she's still in high school. She's getting extra credit for having a baby in home act. Like, even when Danny and I watch, or Danny and I, <laughs> yeah, Danny, Tanner, and I watch TV together, and then we, we watch Full House together, and we comment on his acting in the show. No. When Jeremy and I watch this episode, and DJ says, well, she's getting extra credit for it in Home Ec, he's like, well, what kind of message is that sending to other kids? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there was a girl in my high school, excuse me, mm who was pregnant. I don't know about... I don't think I think she was married. I don't think there were any... any students in my class that were married in high school. I gotta say, I am not digging DJ's wardrobe here. It's like a long-sleeved denim belly shirt where it has, um... It's not a crop top because it does go... The back part goes to her lower back, and then there's the um, long pieces in the front that you just kind of tie off. But she's got this red and white checkered... They look like really flowy, like, lounge pants. That It's just something, if you're not going out of the house and you're just hanging out, 
you're gonna put those on because they're they're just like mm. I'm kind of happy when DJ eventually does cut her hair in season 8 but I don't like how she flips out the ends Jeremy just can't stand that either but so Danny's like wow I, I can't believe that little kid is having a kid I mean the idea of a teenager being pregnant in Danny's mind just doesn't make sense like no she's still a child but then again, think about it. When Danny got out of high school, he and Pam got married. They eloped. I bet anything, they got pregnant with DJ and they probably, I mean, I don't know, but I just remember the episode where Danny is in college and he's got a picture of his, like, two-year-old daughter, DJ. And the fact that in uh, season two, the season two finale, Luck Be a Lady, Joey makes a point of telling Danny, it's like, you and Pam ran off and got married. <clears throat> so yeah, Danny was a young father, but he wasn't in high school. He and Pam weren't in high school when they had a baby, but... And he's like, well, gee, how did that happen? DJ puts a hand on... Stretches her arm out, puts a hand on Danny's shoulders, like, you know, Dad, I think it's time we had that talk. And he just kind of, like, squints at her, like, uh, we had, yeah. No, she says, it's time you and Grandpa had that talk. And Danny's like, well, we had that talk. Did you and I have that talk? And she's like, oh, yeah, we had that talk. How embarrassing that would be to get that talk from your father. I mean, Becky was there. She couldn't have given that talk. I mean, I know she's not the girls' mother, but wouldn't you rather be hearing it from a female POV? I don't know. Anyway. So they're not outwardly saying the word sex in this episode, but that's definitely what you're getting, as in, did we have the sex talk? It's like, yes, we did. Oh, DJ knew what she was doing when she, like, gathered up those uh, shopping bags off the table. And she casually just drops, oh, after Kathy Tan Santoni's shower, we're going to go over to Steve's new apartment. Goodbye. Have a nice day. It's like, see you. Bye. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on here. Steve, our Steve, has his own apartment. I love how he refers to him like Steve, our Steve, that guy who sticks to you like a snail to a building. And he can't, like, oh my gosh, he has his own apartment? Why does he need to live with his parents? Steve's in college, you know, and I get it. He wants his own, into his, his independence. He's 19. And I'm sure that Steve's parents are like, son, we kind of want you out of our hair. You're running up our grocery bill every week. We will more than gladly pay for you to get an apartment close to your school. And Danny's like, well, you know, I'm not so sure that should be allowed, that you should be allowed in a boy's apartment like um without an armed guard yeah he definitely wants it to be supervised like at least when you're here with steve in the living room or in your bedroom with the door open i can keep an eye on you i can't keep an eye on you when you're at steve's apartment of course kimmy's like oh don't worry t-bone i'll be there her nicknames mr t t-bone uh t-bag uh so many nicknames that she has for him. And Danny just looks at Kimmy like, oh yeah, that's a comfort. DJ's like, look, Dad, it's just a place to hang out. I'll be home around 11 o'clock. I promise. And he's got no reason not to trust his daughter. 
I mean, I'm sure he's forgotten about the time that she, like, skipped school to get Stacy Q's autograph. She got a horse without his permission. Uh, she went to a dance and got caught with a can of alcohol in her hand. I can't think of anything else that she's done that she's gotten in trouble for. Oh, sneaking off to the movies with Steve with Stephanie and Michelle in tow. So, he agrees to let her go and says, Alright, but I want you at home. I want you home at 11 on the dot. Like, 10.59, your butt is walking through the doorway. <laughs> so, Danny kisses DJ goodbye. And then Kimmy turns and puckers up her lips. And Danny just kind of, like, gives her a weird, like, glance. Like, what? No, I'm not. What? Kimmy, d don't do that. Why do you think I would be kissing you like you're my daughter. I'm gonna play this clip though. Hey, hey. Hi. Oh, let me take a wild guess. You stopped at the mall after school, huh? We had to buy gifts for Kathy shower tonight. Your friend Kathy Santoni is getting married? She's already married. She's having a baby. What? She's still in high school. I know. She's getting extra credit for it in home ec. <laughs> I can't believe that little kid is having a little kid. How did that happen? Dad, it's time you and Grandpa had that talk. We had that talk. Did we have that talk? We had that talk. <laughs> oh, and um, after the shower, Kimmy and I are going to go over to Steve's new apartment. Okay. See ya. Have a nice Freeze! <laughs> Steve's apartment? Steve? Our Steve? That guy who sticks to you like a snail to a building? <laughs> he has his own apartment? Dad, he's in college. He wanted his independence. Well, I'm not so sure that you should be allowed in a boy's apartment without some kind of supervision. Like an armed guard. Oh, don't worry, T-Bone. I'll be there. That's a comfort. Come on, Dad. It's just a place to hang out. I'll be home at 11, I promise. Okay. You can go, but I want you back at 11 on the dock, okay? Okay. <laughs> so, this little plot here, um, you probably could even call this plot C or B, um, because we get a another plot. But anyway, what's going on here is we go to the living room. Joey's wearing his beret. He's got his Walkman going. He's listening to inner tranquility tapes, just like probably like listening to the ocean, the birds, uh, a nice soft voice. Maybe he's listening to Paul Harvey. Um, my grandpa used to listen to Paul Harvey a lot. And... <laughs> Becky, I guess, has like, oh, wow, what's he doing? And Jesse's like, yeah, he's listening to his inner tranquility tapes. Or this could even be seen as like a, a self-help type tape also. Um, makes me think of uh, the episode in early on in The Simpsons where Homer... Marge kind of wants him to lose weight and they have these subliminal message type tapes and um, turns out the ones that he gets aren't for weight loss, they're actually for um, vocabulary and uh, he just keeps eating like twice as much food but he's like spouting off all these words that he really doesn't know what they mean. But anyway, oh my goodness. Um, one thing I, there are actually apps now, like, say if you just want to chill in the tub, I like to read in the tub a lot, I like to light the candles, but I also like to have, like, 
soothing sounds. There are apps that have um, one that's really nice is a crackling fire, which sometimes that one doesn't work. There's one that has a cat purring, cicadas, um, what are crickets, wind chimes, a whole slew. Of, um, one of them is like inside a car. One's inside an airplane. Some is like a noisy street in like um, Chinatown or something like that. Just really sets the mood and makes you comfortable. He's like, Joey's like saying, my soul is at peace. As he repeats, I am like a dove. He's got his eyes closed and he's just soaking in the sounds of this person's soothing, wonderful voice. Inner tranquility tapes is what Jesse calls them. So Joey is so involved in what he's listening to that he's blocked out any sounds other than what are coming into his ears via the headphones. And Jesse starts like waving his hand in front of Joey's face, doing the three stooges, pounding the fist, and whoop, 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 whoop. Like nothing, nothing. He's completely out of it. Not that he's ever been here a hundred percent. So Becky's like, well, how do you get him out of it? He's like, oh, well, that's easy. Just like take, you got to change the message. So he takes the earbud out, pulls it away from Joey's ear and says, I am a tranquil idiot. And Joey repeats it. And then he comes out of like, what? He yanks off the headphones like, hey, what are you doing? As Joey says, I am a yolk in the egg of life. Well, this is before uh, Jesse changes the message. I like how people in this house like just goofily tease each other. And it's not meant to be hurtful or anything, but it is, it's kind of funny. And Joey says, come on, I'm trying to escape from the pressures of everyday life. You tell jokes, man. But then again, I don't want to judge Joey. I don't want to shame him. I don't know what goes on in Joey's life. He could very well have pressures. Yo, he's a struggling comedian. You know, he may have trouble, you know, paying certain bills. You know, worrying about his taxes. And just, you know, getting hyped up for, you know, acts and stuff. Like, comedic acts. Like, hey, as... How's the crowd going to be tonight? Are they going to be lively? Are they going to like what I have to say? Are they going to boo me off stage? Stuff like that, I guess. Maybe he just needs to, like, just, like, relax, Joey. Take deep breaths. Just relax and just count to ten. It'll be all right. They're going to love you, Joey. Don't worry. It's going to be great. Then <laughs> Becky, of course, like, well, I thought you escaped the... Pressures to everyday life by watching Beavis and Butthead. Did anyone... I tried to watch that back in the... I just... I couldn't get into it. Jeremy actually owns a Beavis and Butthead to America. I think I saw bits and pieces of it. And I'm just like... I don't get it. They're so annoying. And they're... The way they're drawn with those huge foreheads. And their teeth are just so... Mouths are so open to the point where you can see their gums, and it's actually kind of disturbing. Their noses are just weird. It's just, I don't. They're they're weird. The cornholio, I get it. The underwear over the head, yeah, I'm cornholio. Anyway, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not a huge fan of Beavis Butthead. So Michelle's getting dropped off from school. Denise's mother drops her off or maybe she walks I don't think she walks to school she's too young to be walking to school but she was by Denise so Denise's mother probably picked the girls up dropped her off and I guess it's hobby week in school and Michelle is struggling with finding a hobby so yeah in this episode we got main plot A is gonna be DJ in the apartment plot B is gonna be 
let's go with Jesse and Joey in the driveway. Plot C, of course, is going to be Michelle in the hobby dealy with the leaves and stuff when she finally discovered, like, I'm gonna have bug collecting or, or I mean, leaf collecting or however. And the, the leaves aren't great. It's like late November leaves where they're like no longer beautiful and bright, vibrant yellow red and orange they're like that gross crispy brown color that they've when you put them in your hand the leaf like starts to like crinkle and break apart because it's basically dead so i'm gonna play this clip here is they asked michelle how her day is she's like looking for a hobby and this is where we get the talk about you know cementing the driveway or building making a driveway because there isn't one out there and we never see this again. This driveway that they worked so hard to make. That they managed to get a cement truck back. They get a boat back there. They get so many vehicles, boats, cement trucks back in this backyard. Michelle? Hey. hey, Shorty, how you doing? Terrible. My teacher said Monday is hobby day and I don't have a hobby. What you, you have lots of hobbies. You, uh, you, you go to school. You... Uh, Brush your teeth. You uh, clip your toenails. That. Uh... All right, not the coolest of hobbies. What's your hobby, Uncle Jesse? Well, I have lots of hobbies. Uh, for instance, this week I'm going to be uh, working in the backyard. I'm going to cement the uh, driveway. Cementing. That's going to be my new hobby. Uh, Michelle, w w wait a second. You know, cementing is pretty complicated work. I don't think that's a good hobby for you. Or you. Yeah. Nuts. I was this close to having a hobby. I don't know what a hobby is. I'm wondering Honey, how come you're cementing the driveway? I thought you told Danny you were going to get estimates. Well, I did. I happen to be the lowest bidder. Now, look, I'll run a cement truck, and with the help of my tranquil pal over here, we'll get the thing done at a fraction of the cost. All right, I'm there for you, buddy. All right, thanks, buddy. Let's go rent the cement truck. All right, I got shotgun. <laughs> go. So Michelle says the teacher told her that Monday is hobby day. So I'm guessing that this is a Friday night. And the teacher's like, by next Monday, you have to have a hobby. Like, a hobby is not something you could just pick up overnight. Like, hey, here's my hobby. Okay, so since Jesse and Michelle have no idea what the definition of hobby is, I'm going to read it. A hobby is a regular activity done for enjoyment, typically during one's leisure time, not professionally and not for pay. Hobbies include collecting themed items and objects, engaging in creative and artistic pursuits, playing sports or pursuing other amusements. Participation in hobbies encourages acquiring substantial skills and knowledge in that area. A list of hobbies changes with renewed interests and developing fashions what in the world making it diverse and lengthy hobbies tend to follow trends in society for example stamp collecting was popular during the 19th and 20th centuries as postal systems were main the main means of communication while video games are more popular nowadays following technical technological advances the advancing production and technology of the 19th century provided workers with more availability and leisure time to engage in hobbies because of this the efforts of people investing in hobbies has increased with time all right so like what i do 
with the podcasting, that's my hobby. I'm not getting paid for it, which I don't want to get paid for. I really, I really, I don't. I just, it makes it seem like, you know, I'm doing this for fun. I've been, as of next year, I'll have been podcasting for three years. And that is a lot of time that I just started on a, I was like, I, so many people are doing this. And it started with me looking up uh, for a podcast on Punky Brewster and The Wonder Years. And I'm like, well, nobody's done either of these shows. And I've been listening to podcasts for at least a couple years prior to starting my own. But I'm like, you know what? I didn't know at the time that anyone's going to listen. I'm like, I'm just talking about the episodes. I'm having fun rewatching them and just learning relearning lessons and stuff like that it's just it's fun and there honestly i was telling jeremy there may be coming a point and maybe i'd say another year two years where i'm probably like you know i don't know if i really want to do this not that it's not fun anymore that's not the case it's just that people move on to other things or circumstances change and there's no time to do them anymore it's just I, I, I like it, and I'm happy that I've been committed and keeping up with it for almost three years now. Be three years at the end of January, but um, I don't see myself stopping anytime soon, so. Uh, <laughs> subtitle got this wrong. Michelle says goodbye, Denise, and it says goodbye, miss. Like, she does not say miss. She says Denise clear as day. That backpack is like half the size of Michelle. <laughs> oh, She's like, I don't have a hobby. And Jesse's like, well, honey, you have lots of hobbies. Uh, you go to school? Like, that's a hobby? <laughs> no, if they were by choice, she wouldn't go to school. I mean, come on, unless you really like school, which I really didn't. Brush your teeth? There's another hobby. Clip your toenails? I don't, I bet anything Michelle does not clip her own toenails. I bet someone else does it for her. I would not trust a, a six-year-old with a pair of toenail clippers. I used to have Jeremy clip my toenails for me, but I finally, my coworker had been telling me about this one place, like, um, midway through, uh, earlier in the year, and I, I just kept saying how great it was, and I'm like, I'll go sometime, and I did, and honestly, I go once a month to get my nails did, done, did, however you want to say it, um, it's great, you know, they put your feet, and they soak them, and they clean them up for you, make them look pretty. Um, I haven't decided what color nail polish that I'll ask them. I've done blue. I've done red. I've done kind of a purplish blue periwinkle kind of color. So I don't know. Maybe I, I think it would be cool to do like maybe a nice light orange for October. I think that would be kind of cool. I think I might go that route. And then maybe like green or something for Christmas time. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know. The whole time Jesse's rattling off these non-hobbies, Michelle is just... She's just like, Uncle Jesse, those aren't hobbies. I know they're not. You're not helping me, Uncle Jesse. I said I want a hobby, and those things I do on a daily basis. Brush my teeth, clip my nails, go to school. Yeah, I don't... Those aren't hobbies. (laughs) She knows. So, she asked Uncle Jesse, like, well, what's your hobby? 
And he says, well, uh, for this in, uh, instance, this weekend, I'm going to be working on the backyard. Um, Here's a hobby that you do. Jesse, I know you do it. You play in a band. You may get, you know, paid occasionally or however, but it's a hobby. It's not your full-time job. A radio show, that's a job. It could be maybe seen as a hobby, but I mean... Yeah, let's see. What else does Jesse like? Uh, he collects cones. That could be a hobby. He's got a lazy season for his cones. Um, he is obsessed with Elvis. He's got a lot of Elvis collectibles. Collector could be a hobby there. Um, what else? Joey. Oh, my. His hobbies with uh, watching cartoons. Um, he collects... Uh, Popeye figurines and, and different things like that. Tranquility. Listen to Tranquility tapes. That could kind of sort of maybe be a hobby. So, Jesse says, my hobby for this weekend, I'm going to cement the driveway. Which I'm like, hey, that can be my new hobby. And Becky finally is like, Jesse, you're not giving her good information. Honey, um, that is not a hobby. It's not a good hobby for you. And she looks at Jesse and I'm like, or you. He's like, what? It's like, no, 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 no. That go-kart that uh, later on uh, Becky and Michelle put together in season eight. Boom, there's a hobby right there. Go-kart racing, yes. Why doesn't Michelle just go and ask, like, other family members, Stephanie, DJ, DJ isn't he? DJ might still be there. She could ask about hobbies. Uh, Joey's got, like, a whole little, um cassette like album like case you know how back in like the 80s you had those little briefcases that had slots to put your cassettes in yeah <laughs> he's got a bunch of different queen uh tranquility tapes so michelle leaves like oh man i was this close to having a hobby and she goes upstairs um becky also sits down next to jesse on the coffee table and says why are you doing this cementing the driveway? I thought you told Danny you were going to get estimates. And Jesse's like, well, I did. I happen to be the lowest bidder. And I'm like, you're not paying for this yourself, are you? I mean, Danny's going to be footing the bill. Why don't you just have a professional do it? So that way you know it's done right. I mean, I'm sorry, but if someone were re-cementing my driveway, wouldn't you want a professional... I mean, I'm not knocking other people's skills. If they can cement a driveway as good as the next person, like a professional, great. But if you're just, like, doing it because you don't want to spend the money and you want to learn it yourself, I mean, that's great. You want to, you know, learn a new skill. That's great. But you also want to make sure you do a good job. <laughs> Otherwise, then, you're going to have to pay someone to come in, fix your mess, charge you for that, and then also charge you to redo it. Yeah. So, Jesse's enlisted the help of Mr. Tranquility Joey, and they're gonna go and rent a cement truck. Yeah, those two guys trying to do something like that, I, I don't have a lot of hope for them. Alright, now we are headed over to Steve's new apartment. This place, the set here, will also be used as Gia's apartment which we will see in season eight, actually. Yeah. When Stephanie goes to the makeout party in season eight and Danny's got laryngitis, 
Stephanie doesn't want to make out with Bobby. She calls DJ's phone. Danny answers with the laryngitis. Somehow he sounds like DJ and says, pick me up. She is party turning into a makeup, par- makeup party. Please come get me. Don't tell dad. Yeah, that's a fun time. I mean, you can definitely tell from this episode to the other one that it is definitely the same set because that popcorn machine that's in the corner to the left of the left of the door is there. And of course, Steve does have a roommate. He's just not there. He's blaring the rock music. He's got a huge bowl of popcorn. This is definitely a college apartment of a teenager, of a 19-year-old. He's got a picture, a framed picture of the inside of a car. It almost looks like it's the inside of a car that's on a video game. He's got other posters on the wall. He's got a wicker couch with the big cushions. He's got a big giant tub of ice cream that he'll use later and say, Hey, look, this is my dinner. If I want to have ice cream for dinner, I can have ice cream for dinner. What do you think of my place, DJ? Isn't it awesome? Doesn't it say that a college guy lives here? So DJ's like, wow, I can't believe I know someone with their own place. This is awesome. Whoever thought chokers were cool, and especially on guys, the only guy I swear that can rock a choker is Ryan Atwood from the OC season one, episode one. Yeah. Steve's cool and all. He looks great. But him wearing that peace sign choker just does not... It's not great. (laughs) I'm going to play this clip. Well, this is it. What do you think? Wow, this is so cool. I can't believe I know someone with their own place. I know. Isn't it great? I've got total freedom. Watch this. I can stand on the coffee table. I can have ice cream for dinner. Ready? Watch this. Mmm, this is my dinner. (laughs) And check this out. Ready? I could crank up the stereo as loud as I want, whenever I want. (laughs) Turn it down, you punks. Or I can crank it way down whenever that guy wants. Congratulations, I love it. Where's your roommate? No, oh, he's at the library studying. Where's Kimmy? Oh, she couldn't make it. Oh. So, uh, I guess we're alone. So, what do you want to do? I don't know. We can do whatever we want. We've got total freedom. freedom, but now that we have it, it's just a little scary. 
Maybe we can take things a little slower. Okay. No problem. You? No, Deej, I'm kidding. We could just hang out. It's cool. You know, I like just being here with you. Thank you. So, uh, you want to watch a video? Sure. What do you have? I've got Terminator or Indecent Proposal. Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. Steve, I love how Steve is just being a giant kid. Almost, this reminds me of um, Tom Hanks in the movie Big, where he's got that big apartment, or um, and he's got that huge trampoline, and he has Elizabeth Perkins over, and... Um, He's jumping on it with her, and she's just not interested. He's like, no, 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 you gotta, like, uh, really get, you know, some air and everything. And it's just, if you guys haven't seen the movie Big with Tom Hanks, guys, that came out in 1988, that movie is, it's a timeless classic in my eyes. It really is. It really showcases Tom Hanks' early days. I mean, yeah, it's like, Steve is just a big kid here. He's just impressed to show his girlfriend, like, hey, look, if I'm going to stand on the furniture, I can stand on the furniture. And then he goes over the stereo, which is already playing music, cranks it up. If I want to play music as loud as I want, I can do that. He cranks it up. You hear someone down below hitting the Steve's floor and the person's ceiling. Like, hey, darn it, you punks. And, of course, Steve more than complies. Like, oh, yeah, or I could turn it, you know, as down like that guy went out there once. Like, yeah, even though, yes, you are an apartment, um, you do have to be respectful of the people below you. We lived in an apartment um, before we got the house, and it was kind of interesting because we were the ones that were on the second level and the people below us had um, a couple small toddler aged kids and occasionally in the middle of the night like one would start crying I think that's when I started using um, a fan to kind of drown that out because the walls were really you know the floor was thin it's like you could hear it it almost felt like it was like in the next room it was pretty clear um when I got my first apartment I was on the bottom floor and that first night when I was by myself the first night in my apartment was very overwhelming I remember signing the um paperwork and the landlord said oh the people above you constantly the couple always fight and yell and scream and everything so if you hear noises don't worry about it and I'm thinking that first night at like two in the morning, I hear this. I didn't change the message on your cell phone. Blah, blah, blah. And the, guys, this is like 2002, early 2002, when cell phones were available, but you couldn't do anything other than talk on them. She's like, I didn't change the voicemail message. I, blah, blah, blah. I didn't change the password. And I'm just like screaming voices above my head. And I'm just like, Ugh. oh my God. Oh my god, I just, it stressed me out. I was, my first night, I'm just like listening to two people fight. <laughs> oh my god. Honestly, I would rather listen to that and listen to uh, them doing other stuff, which I had to listen to. And I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. And that was before I slept with fans, you know, fans on and stuff like that. Um, when I lived in the uh, townhouse with Jeremy and his mom, you had people... In a townhouse, you got people on either side of you, and there would be a lady with her kid, 
and they'd be like screaming at each other to the point where like Jeremy's mom would be like pounding on the door telling them to like shut up and it's like come on ugh drove us nuts even in the house you really don't you know have those people really right up on top of you or right up uh, along your on the side or anything but i love how steve is just j jamming to the music cranks it up does the air guitar and dj is just standing there like laughing like oh my boyfriend he's so adorable and it's like yeah anyway he's kind of showing off for dj it's like i haven't really gotten to show anyone my i mean his roommate lives there so he knows oh and Steve's got the typical, like, flat wood boards being, uh, propped up by cinder blocks type of bookshelf. There's also an aquarium with fish next to the stereo. How could those vibrations coming from the stereo speakers feel good to those fish? I just now noticed there was an aquarium there. Plus, apparently Steve, or the roommate... Likes to play tennis or racquetball, I can't tell. And also, well, Steve would say, oh, my golf shoe, when DJ says she's uncomfortable. Like, oh, it's my golf shoe. I'm like, well, Steve does do the wrestling. I wonder if he kind of got in, like, on a, well, he didn't say whether he got a wrestling scholarship, but I wonder if he also wrestles for community college. Oh, actually, I guess the voice wasn't coming from below him. It was coming from across the hall, because... You hear it coming at Steve, not from below Steve's foot. And Steve's playing like, oh, or I can turn it down from uh, whenever that guy wants. So the guy was probably like, not like, hitting the door, like pounding out, like, stop, turn it down, please. So, of course, Steve's roommate's studying at the library. Kimmy, of course, couldn't make it. So there, they have actual privacy, probably for the first time in their relationship, unless... Other than when they probably go out on dates and it's just the two of them. So, I get DJ being a little nervous because they have really, they've always wanted more privacy. But, it's just, with all the people in DJ's house, like, yeah, it's like, without your sisters, or your dad, or your uncles, or your cousins, or Comet running into your room at all hours of the day. It's just, it's... Nice to be able to be alone with you. For a second, it almost feels like he's, I don't want to say he's full-on pressuring her because he's Steve. But, and I get that, you know, he's a college guy and everything and teenagers have hormones and all that. And she's like, okay, so they sit on the couch and she's like, oh, well, what do you want to do? And it's like, of course, the obvious Right? I mean, they're both thinking it. He's like, oh, I don't know, but um, we can do whatever we want because we have total freedom as he scooches over to her on the couch. So they start kissing and DJ breaks away, but not because she's uncomfortable. That doesn't come yet. Because she wants it a little bit darker. Which, I mean, come on. Those of you that are in relationships, married, dating, what have you... Not to get too personal, but do you like it with the lights off? I mean, I like it with the lights off. I don't know why, but it just, it adds more, maybe, I don't know, mystery or just, just, I like, I like it in the dark. Okay, now they're kissing and DJ breaks away like, wait, 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 wait. And Steve's like, well, um, it doesn't get any darker in here. 
So DJ turns on the light, and she's like, he's like, well, what's wrong? She's like, I don't know. Something just doesn't feel right. He's like, oh, well, here's the problem. You're sitting on my golf shoe. And she's like, well, I mean, that helps a little bit, but that's not it. So DJ is clearly uncomfortable, uncom- uncomfortable enough that she actually gets up and starts walking away from Steve. Like, she needs a little bit of space. And Steve, I don't know, he, he seems a little bothered by it. He's like, Deej, what's the matter? I mean, we can finally be alone without your father barging in, or your sisters, or your uncle, or your dog. Like, you've got a lot of family in that house. Like, yeah, I'm sure she knows. Yeah, the Tanner house is not known for privacy. You want privacy from that family, you gotta, you gotta be outside the house to have the privacy. And DJ's kind of apologizing. It's almost like... So I know that we've always wanted more freedom, but you know, it's like, now that we have it, it's kind of scary. It, it, it really, really, I can imagine. It's like, because there's nobody to barge in and stop you guys, what's to stop you from doing more than kissing and going farther and probably making a mistake that... But later on, I mean, DJ will say, it's like, I'm not Kathy Santoni. I don't want to have a family yet. I don't want to have a baby yet. So DJ knows when to stop herself. She does ask Steve, like, hey, do you think we would take things a little slower? And he's like, oh, no problem, as he slowly leans in to kiss her. And she puts a hand to his chest. Like, come on, Steve. And he's like, that's all right. Look, hey, man, I, I love hanging out. I just love hanging out with you. It's just, yeah, just hang out. That's what's good about, you know, being in a relationship where it's like, it's fun to, you know, make out and stuff, but... It's also fun to, you know, be friends, too, and just not make out and just do stuff together. Watch a movie without making out or play, you know, video games or, or, or reading or, together or, or something like that. Because if you think about it, in a relationship, it's got to be more than just kissing. There's got to be more to it other than that, because then what else is, is there? It's like... To have a relationship, you've got to have a little more than just be physical. you got to have... You know, the mental, the friendship part of it. It's a boy friend and a girl friend, right? Yeah. Apparently someone also plays volleyball in that house. There is a lot of sports equipment from golf shoes, tennis or racquetball rackets, um, volleyballs. I thought there's one other thing there too. Apparently someone else likes to bike ride. Alright, so Steve's got a couple videos. Looks like they were clearly taped off the television because they're in those blank VHS tapes that you would buy at, like, um, a supermarket or a Rite Aid or a Radio Shack or whatever. So it's like, alright, I got Terminator and I got Indecent Proposal. Actually, I'm thinking we may need to watch maybe a couple, at least the first two Terminators. Before that new one, because I think Jeremy wants to see the new one in the theater. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it just does not look good I, to me. And the first Terminator always freaked me out. As a kid, that scene where Arnold's in the bathroom and he pops out his eyeballs. Gross, 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 gross. But Terminator, well, oh, wait a minute. No, there's... A sex scene in Terminator between Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor. I forgot about that. 
And then there's one in, like, the first, like, ten minutes of Indecent Proposal, which is one of those movies that starts the movie at the end, so that way once it gets to the end, it's like, because the two characters, spoiler alert, they're apart for some reason. They're, like, sitting on this this dock that's got a um, a bench on it, and they're both sitting on different, you know, there's one band facing one way, the other one facing the other, and Demi Moore looks really, like, fancied up and everything, and they both look really downtrodden, like, is the relationship over? How did the movie happen to come to this point? And then it, like, does the, you know, rewinding all the way, like, let's show you how all of this eventually culminates type of film. Alright, let's go back to plot B, which is the cement driveway. It honestly just looks like they were partially extending the um, the sidewalk in their yard or something. Or if you want to call it even a walkway or something. But then again, we don't see all of that. We only see part of it. So maybe it well, in fact, could be a, a driveway in a way. <laughs> so they're just kind of Jesse and Joey are running through figures. Apparently they're running them at like 11.30 midnight because Danny comes in wondering where DJ is because her curfew, remember guys, her curfew was at 11 on the dot. 10.59, her butt should have been in that living room or at least inside the house. So Joey's still wearing that beret, rocking that beret. Jesse, Joey's got the beret. Jesse's got the... Uh, glasses, you know, the smart um, golden spectacle ones that I like so much. Um, and they're running some figures. Joey's got one of those calculator edition watches. He's like, hey, give me some figures. He's punching them in. And Jesse's like, okay, where does it leave us? You know, money-wise. And Joey's like, oh, shoot, I didn't... I don't know how much that comes to, but... It took you, like, 13 seconds to say all of that. And it's like, oh, Joey, you're not helping me. I'll add this stuff up myself. Give me a real calculator. So I'm going to play this clip as Danny comes out. He's very worried about DJ. And they're like, don't worry about it. And he, re Danny reveals to Jesse and Joey, like, um, she's at Steve's apartment. I don't know the phone number. I don't know where his apartment is. And he's really, Danny's really berating himself. Like, I never should have let her go there. So he decides to call Kimmy and get the number from her. I'm really worried about DJ. She was supposed to be home at 11 o'clock and it's already past midnight. It is? <laughs> Man. I should have never let her go. What kind of father am I? Oh, Danny, you're a great father. It's a big <clears throat> deal. Just, uh, just call her. Where is she? She's at Steve's new apartment. I don't have the number. What? What kind of father are you? All right, guys, just settle down. She went out with Kimmy, right? Yeah. So let's just call over at the Gibblers and find out what's going on. Hmm, that's good thinking. Okay. Tanner, I'm looking for DJ. I thought you were with her at Steve's apartment. My parents wouldn't let me in a boy's apartment unsupervised. 
They have rules, you know. What kind of father are you? I don't have time for this, all right? Just give me the number. Okay, okay. Hang on there, teabag. Boy, somebody's trapdoor is buttoned too tight. <laughs> Buns of steel. And... Ah, here it is. Okay, five 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 six four one zero. Okay, thank you. But don't bother calling her. Why not? Steve's phone isn't hooked up yet. So I like how Joey is a level-headed one when it comes to Danny's freaking out. It's already after midnight. DJ was supposed to be home at 11. He's like, what kind of father am I? And Jesse's like, look, where's she at? And he's like, oh, Steve's apartment. I don't have the address or the phone number. And Jesse's like, what kind of father are you? So Joey's like, look, guys, relax, all right? Just call over the Gibblers. I mean, you said she went out with Kimmy, right? Just call over there and just... You know, get the number from Kimmy. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at Kimmy's bedroom. It is a wild thing going on here. We got... Let's see. Kimmy sleeps with a face mask. She's got... Are those ducks... Duck pajamas on her shirt? She's got a fish pillow. A lot of fish motif. There's also, um... So Danny ends up waking Kimmy up, and she goes to grab... She's got the coolest phone. It's a, it's a shoe phone. And she grabs this red Converse that looks like it was dunked in something really nasty, left out in the rain, and now it looks like it's starting to, like, fall apart and mold. And it just, he's, oh, nasty! Because she's got a shoe phone, and she probably thinks, oh, it's my phone. Like, uh, no. But she lifts it like, oh, nasty. It's like, oh, my God. So she finally can tell just how stinky her feet are. They're that bad that he, she is even grossed out by it. She's got a poster in the background. You can barely see it. It says American Gladiators. She's got a, a yellow stereo above her head on the, just above the headboard. But Danny says he's looking for DJ. I thought you were with her at Steve's apartment. Well, first of all, it's midnight. So why would she still be there? And she says, well, my parents wouldn't let me to go to a boy's apartment unsupervised. You know, they do have rules. <laughs> Emmy's wearing a, a button-up pajama top that's white. It's got blue bath bubbles with what looks like a yellow bath duck on the front. Like, yellow bath ducks. And she's got, like, on her headboard, she's got CDs. I can't tell what they are because they're shaded in darkness. He's also got, like, orange cones that are, like, soccer cones also up there on her headboard. But even Kimmy berates Daniel, like, they have rules, you know. I mean, what kind, you, what kind of father are you? Why would you let your daughter go to a boy's apartment unsupervised? And Danny's like, look, I don't have time for this. Can you just give me the number? So now Kimmy's going to rifle through her bottom nightstand drawer and the stuff she pulls out of there is completely cray cray. T-bone tea bag. Oh my goodness. She's like, boy, somebody's trap door is buttoned too tight. <laughs> Any friend that would say this to a friend's parent would definitely get talked to. No parent would put up with that. So first thing, Kemi pulls out a 
mannequin head that's got a neon green 80 spiky pixie cut and she just tosses it out like what is that doing in here it's her top dresser nightstand drawer that she starts rifling through buns of steel the exercise tape Tammy's also got like a bowl it's not a real bowl of fish it looks like a picture and she's also got like a, a white cat statue I'm not sure what these other things are they look like they could be like um party lantern lights maybe but I don't think they are maybe they're like weights that you like stretch like they're on a stretchy cord or something Alright, here's Steve's number, 555-6410. And Kimmy adds, well, don't bother calling because Steve's phone number is not, his phone's not hooked up yet. And Danny's like, starts screaming at Gibbler saying, I'm going to ground you, I don't care if you're my, not my kid. And this and that, she's like, over his yelling, she's trying to like, hold on, hold on, let me see if I can get uh, his address here. Alright, now we cut to the apartment. It is dark, they've shut all the lights off, and the only glow you're getting is from the television screen. They've both fallen asleep, and you hear the, I'll be back. Inside the apartment, from outside, we hear some noises, a chair scraping. Oh, we hear knocking on the door first, is what we hear. And we hear rustling of a chair being scraped across the floor or dragged across the floor as we see danny's head pop into view the in the little window above the door i like the red backlight there that's right by the popcorn machine of course danny can just barely look in because it's really dark there and he's like breathing on the window of course and he's like, oh, it's starting to fog up here. Like, let me rub my hand here to get the um, fog away. So Danny looks in, sees DJ and Steve on the couch with the blanket on. Barely even make that out. And he's like, oh my god. And then I was saying here, the crunch, crack, like, <laughs> oh my god. And Danny's a tall guy. And all of a sudden you hear him fall to the floor. This noise, of course, wakes up DJ and Steve, I don't know why I almost said Stephanie, DJ and Steve, <laughs> god dang it, Steve and DJ, and that's when he turns the light on, DJ looks immediately at her watch, like, oh my god, because it's probably like 1230, probably going on quarter to one at this point, and she's like, oh no, guys, you shouldn't have turned off those lights, you should have watched the movie when the light's on, you would have been just fine. Nobody wants to watch a movie with the lights on. It's 1 a.m. She's like, I gotta get home. Steve's like, well, I'll drive you. Yeah, DJ, you are not going out there by yourself at 1 in the morning. That is too dangerous. And when they rush to the door, DJ's like, I hope my dad didn't wait up. As she opens the door, he looks at her and says, well, he did wait up for you, actually. <coughs> oh, Danny is P.O.'d. I am playing this clip. Danny is just, like, screaming at DJ. He basically forbids her from ever visiting Steve's apartment again. It's one o'clock. I gotta get home. I'll drive you. I hope my dad didn't wait up. <laughs> he did. Dad, what are you doing here? I'm uh, trying to remember the name of my chiropractor. Dr. Schembechler? Thanks. Now it's my turn. What are you doing here? Well, you know, it's, 
it's the funniest thing. Uh, you're you're going to laugh when you hear it. <laughs> Bet you I won't. Dad, I'm so sorry. We were watching a movie and we fell asleep. It will never happen again. You're right. It will never happen again. Because you're not allowed over here anymore. This place is off limits from now on. Dad, that's totally unfair. Totally unfair? You want to know what's totally unfair? A parent who stays up half the night worrying about his daughter. That's unfair. Dad, you're blowing this way out of proportion. Way out of proportion? You see a SWAT team with me? You see helicopters circling the building? You see the bat signal out there? I don't. Okay, okay, Dad. I said I was sorry. And I said let's go. So Danny, of course, makes a joke here, like, oh, I'm trying to remember who my chiropractor is. And DJ's like, Dr. Schembechler? He's like, yeah, thank you. As he painfully gets to his feet. Like, all right, well, now I have a question for you. What are you doing here? And she's like, oh, well, it's a funny story. I mean, you're really going to laugh when you hear. And Danny looks at them and says, I bet you I won't. Danny's approaching them when he asks, what are you doing here? She and Steve both start backing off like, oh boy. It's like, well, guaranteed Danny is majorly PO'd. As in not, what are you doing at Steve's apartment? It's like, why, why are you still here? Why didn't you come home when you said you would come home? Oh, DJ is, she's being honest, you know, they're watching a movie, they fell asleep, she's like, it will never happen again, I promise. And he's, I agree with Danny, and he's like, you're right, it will never happen again, because you are not allowed over here. I said with Danny, yeah, Danny, I really don't think she should have been allowed over there by herself. I don't care if they've been dating for a year, it's just, that, I don't know, what... I'm sure parents out there nowadays, I mean, DJ's still in high school, Steve isn't. It's like, you guys want to see each other? That's great. But you're going to see each other from inside my house. If you guys want to go out to, like, get something to eat, see a movie, fine. But you are not going back to Steve's apartment. And the thing is, what Danny thought probably in his head would happen, which has been fueled because... Fueled by the fact that a high school student, a friend of DJ's, is married, but not so much that she's married, but the fact that she is having a baby. So that is, of course, fueling Danny's, that's nightmare fuel for Danny, who's dealing with, you know, a teenage daughter who's in a relationship with a boy who's 19 in college with his own apartment. And I know there are parents out there that have kids that are like, yeah, you have a boyfriend, that's great. You're not going to be in your room with them. Even if it's with the door open, you're going to be in the living room where I can keep an eye on you. And, of course, I I know somebody who has a teenager who is seeing a boy who is definitely, like, watching them like a hawk. Like, you're not going to be in your bedroom with the door closed. You're going to be where I can see you. And DJ, typical teenager, is like, Dad, that's totally unfair. And he's like, excuse me, totally unfair? You want to know what's unfair? How about a father who spends half the night worrying about where his daughter is and what she's doing? That's what's unfair. 
I could have been in bed knowing that you were home safe, but instead it's after midnight and I'm wondering where my daughter is because I can't get a hold of her because I don't have her boyfriend's phone number or his address. I would have made sure actually <laughs> in the beginning though, it's like, you want to do that? I wouldn't be letting my kid do that, but it's like, um, I'm going to need an address to know where he lives. So if I need to come and get you for any reason... I, yeah, I would not be letting my kid go to her boyfriend's apartment alone or period until she is over 21. I mean, DJ's not even 18 yet. DJ, of course, like, Dad, you're blowing this way out of proportion. It's like, no, he's really not. This makes me think of the whole um, DJ holding a beer and Danny... Jesse and Joey all kind of accusing her, like, you do smell like beer, DJ. She's like, but I wasn't drinking it. I was holding onto the can. So Danny's like, really, out of proportion? You see a SWAT team with me? You see helicopters circling the building? You see the bat signal out there? Danny is just going like, I don't see it. And she's like, okay, okay, Dad. I said I was sorry. He's like, well, I said, let's go. And you can tell that Danny's got a stern dad face on. He's like, I'm not playing with you, girl. You get in that car now. And she turns to look at Steve after Danny has left the apartment. Put, throws her hand up like, I don't know what to say to all this. Steve, I'm sorry. I mean... Okay, so we do cut to the backyard. We see Jesse and Joey... With their little, um, trowel scraper, whatever you want to call it, things. I did look up how much it costs to rent a cement truck or to have one come to you. Concrete delivery costs. Bearing in mind the cost factors discussed above, you can expect to pay roughly 120 to 200 per cubic yard for concrete delivery. 5.5 cubic yards, that works out to $660 to $1,100. Uh, whoops, 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 whoops. Hold on. Uh, nationwide spending on average $1,200 to $1,600 on concrete delivery for do-it-yourself concrete work. You might pay around $100 per cubic yard plus the cost of rent a cement mixer which I thought that's what I was looking up but whatever and this is 1993 standards I believe wait four hold on 93 okay 1993 the stuff I was looking up was on the internet and that's probably like current price again with the beret Jesse and Joey with a rendition of uh the Adams family song and then Danny and Becky come out with the <laughs> Becky is like, oh, Lurch Gomez, you actually uh, finished the driveway. And Danny's like, well, I mean, I gotta admit, I have my doubts, but assuming that this thing hardens. Yeah, they're kind of brazen. Like, hey, you guys did a good job. Like, you don't know. It might not be a good job. We'll see. <laughs> so Jesse's like, honey, do you have anything to say about our work? And she's like, uh, well, what can I say other than, uh, well, it's really, uh, flat. And of course, Jesse's like, oh, well, yeah, all the good ones are. Like, well, it's a driveway, so I would hope it would be flat with no bumps or crevices or uh, any, you know, potholes or anything. Um, Pockmarks, I don't know. Um, Steve shows up, and he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? The family will not 
the adults will not look at him. They are basically like, you are guilty as charged. What? I'm surprised that Danny didn't say, I really think you and Steve need to take a break. But they've covered that in the Lover, the Lovers and Other Tanners episode in early season six. They all give Steve the coldest look. Joey with his beret gives Steve a sneer. And Becky just looks like, oh, Steve, what are you doing here? I thought Danny forbid you from entering our house. And Steve is all like, look, we fell asleep. It's like, that doesn't matter. She still missed curfew. And it was on a cause of you that that happened. Like I say, don't watch movies with the lights off if you are not going to be able to uh, make your curfew. <laughs> Which then again, they fell asleep during the movie. The movie wasn't even over yet. It's like, was it boring? Or maybe they've just seen it so much. Maybe. I don't know. Steve excuses himself to talk to DJ. And Danny's like, well, I guess uh, I'm going to go run my vacuum cleaner and follow them around the house. Danny's like, okay, I'd say it's time for my midday pre-dust spot cleaning. And Becky's like, Danny, you're not going to eavesdrop on them, are you? And Danny's like, well, of course not. No, I'm going to watch them like a hawk. How about don't have them together in her bedroom with the door closed? So, Jesse throws Joey the keys like, hey, we gotta get this truck back. Time is money. And, of course, Joey realizes something like, oh, um, Jess, how long would you say it takes cement to, you know, dry? And Jess is like, Jesse's like, uh, about 72 hours? Why? And Becky, of course, breaks in with, <laughs> because uh, you guys started at the wrong end of the driveway, and uh, you can't drive over wet cement, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, and she, and Jesse just looks at her like, honey, I don't need your words, okay? I don't need your sarcasm. Just go away. <laughs> uh, and Jesse's like, dang it, Joey, do you know how long it's going to take to keep this dang truck for three more days? And Joey's like, well, I don't. Here, let me crunch some numbers. Jesse manages to get Joey's watch off and throw it in the cement mixer. Like, oh yeah, that's great. Jam up the machine. That'll be great. Then you can pay for its repair also. Alright, we go on to plot C, which is Michelle's new hobby. Like, hey, Steph, Steph who just comes out of the bathroom. Michelle's like, hey, Stephanie, want to see my new hobby? And of course, Michelle's like... Sure, why not? Oh my gosh, I am playing this clip because this is cray cray. Sure, why not? I'm collecting leaves. <laughs> what are you, nuts? This is just from the backyard. I still have the front yard to do. Look at this, it's all over my stuff. Here's 
opens the door and Stephanie's jaw like practically drops to the floor. You see leaves covering every surface of that room. From their table. We got black garbage bags on the floor just and also one on the bed. And I'm like and all over the floor. Oh my god. You hear the leaves crunching under Stephanie's feet. And she's like, what are you, nuts? Of course, Michelle's like, this is just from the backyard. I have the whole front yard still to do. And I'm like, you're not taking all those leaves to school with you. I'm sure if you have a hobby, they're going to want to see proof of said hobby. And Stephanie is right. It's like, look at this. It's all over my bed. And she starts like throwing the trash bag at like what in the and just trying to clear it off her bedspread and I'm like Michelle I didn't ask you to put these leaves on my bed you want to do it to your bed fine but don't touch my stuff and Mr. Bear is just hanging out on the bed like hey Stephanie I tried to tell her but she wouldn't listen to me I mean uh, I don't know and Michelle's like hey those are the ones with little bugs on I'm like are you kidding bugs oh my god that bedspread will have to be taken up. The whole, all the sheets, pillows, throw them in the wash, deep clean them. Danny, definitely, just take them to the dry, have them, like, sprayed with pesticides, something, just, to ugh. <coughs> so, Stephanie's like, oh, bugs, oh, damn, Michelle. She grabs the garbage bag off of her bed, takes it over, and chucks it out the window. Luckily, it lands in their yard and not the Gibblers. It's like, alright, dumb hobby, coming down. So Michelle throws Stephanie's shoes out the window. So they go from shoes to throwing out stuffed animals. Mr. Piggly Wiggly, that is a stuffed pig that Stephanie chucks out the window. And it... Michelle throws out Mr. Spider, which looks like a stuffed spider monkey. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, and now Stephanie's going, uh, Michelle's still throwing out stuffed animals. Stephanie's moved on to Michelle's books. Like, girls, you may as well stop. You know your dad's gonna make you clean up all that stuff. I would, if I were Stephanie, I'm like, alright, so I got one bag down. Let's get the other three trash bags out of here. Because you know you're going to have to sweep those up, what you can sweep up, and then vacuum. And then you're going to have to deep clean those carpets, you know, steam clean them, get all that. You, you don't know what, I mean, ground up leaves. Oh my gosh. Hey, guess what? Danny's got the vacuum. That's great. You can start in the girls' room. So now, DJ and Steve are sitting on the end of DJ's bed. And she's like, I don't believe it. Here he comes again. The door is closed. DJ, leave your door open. Danny's just vacuuming her room. And then he's like, oh, no. Like, she's like, I really need to talk to Steve. And Danny's like, oh, well, don't let me stop you. Oh, you can keep talking. I'm just counting down till the next bag change. And DJ's like, well, okay, well, you can stay here and Steve and I are going to leave. So they take off. Danny, like, shuts the vacuum off because you know he was doing that on purpose. Stephanie and Michelle run in and start screaming at their dad. Like, hey, Michelle's got this project with leaves and bags of leaves all over the place. Now she threw out Mr. Bear out the window and everything like that. Danny's like, girls, I don't have time for this. First you're going to rake up the leaves, then the bears, then you're going to hug and kiss each other because you're sisters and you'll love each other. And of course, 
Stephanie and Michelle kind of look at each other like, wow, that was easy. Like, he has not even seen their room yet. He's going to freak out. I don't believe it. Here he comes again. <laughs> oh, right here. He's hoovered us out of every room in the house. <laughs> don't mind me. Excuse me. Thanks. Dad, I really need to talk to Steve. Oh, go ahead and talk. I I'm just counting down to the next bag change. <laughs> well, don't let us bother you. DJ! <laughs> because you're sisters and you love each other, okay? Case closed, thanks. Boy, you really streamlined that dad talk. Yeah, we got pretty easy. Look at the mess in here! Maybe not. So I liked Stephanie's comment about how I need a leaf blower just to get to my bed. And then she's like, she threw Mr. Bear out the window. It's like... Mr. Bear is a pivotal part of that family because Mr. Bear was a gift from Stephanie's mom on the day that Michelle came home from the hospital. So, yeah. And we also had an episode dedicated to Mr. Bear being lost and goodbye, Mr. Bear. So, yes. Michelle, like, no. Why did you do that to Mr. Bear? I mean, Stephanie, or Michelle doesn't know how badly she just craved the idea of having Mr. Bear as her own. So, Danny does go into the girls' room, screams at them, like, Look at the mess in here! Oh my gosh, girls, get in here! Both of you, get a broom here and sweep up. You're gonna use a vacuum after that. After that, we're gonna steam clean this rug. This this whole room is gonna be, like, completely wiped down. Start stripping the sheets off the bed because we gotta get them in the wash because you there's a little... Oh my... Girls, don't ever do this again. Michelle! You want to find a hobby, come to me and I will help you find a hobby. But don't go and just collect leaves. D don't do that, okay? You want to help break the yard, that's great. But don't bring that stuff into the house. So now DJ and Steve, in order to get privacy, decide to go and hang out in the cement truck, which is currently running because you don't want that cement to harden. And Steve is the one, he's right behind uh, the steering wheel there. He's like, look how low we've sunk just to get some privacy. Hanging out in this dingy trunk, or truck, when we can be hanging out in my dingy, grummy apartment. And DJ, of course, is like, you know, I've never noticed that before. And he's like, what? Well, when you get angry, your nostrils flare. I mean, it's kind of sexy. He's like, oh, really? And he starts to do it more. And she's like, well, I mean, it's sexy to a point. Like, when you don't know you're doing it, it's sexy. But if you do it on purpose, it kind of loses its appeal. So, DJ and Steve start kissing. DJ gets closer to Steve. And in the process of moving closer, her foot lands on the lever that releases the I guess if you want to call it a cement funnel that the um the cement is poured down 
she doesn't even realize what she's doing. Joey, on the other hand, inside the house, sitting at the kitchen table, oblivious, his hands, he's sitting at the table, his hands are palm up. He's just really in the zone of the tranquility. And he has no idea what's going on outside. Or what's going to happen in just a moment. But I want to play this clip with DJ and Steve in the cement truck. Because it's, it's cute and uh, they have no idea what they just did. Look how low we've sunk just to get some privacy. Sitting in this grungy truck when we could, we could be sitting in my grungy apartment. You know, I've never noticed that before. What? The way your nostrils flare when you get angry. It's kind of sexy. Really? I mean, he has no idea that this funnel connected to, do you want to call it? I don't think it's a funnel. What is it? Like um, a chute, a chute where the cement goes down and it extends outward. And in doing so, it comes crashing right down the center of that kitchen window. Spraying, you know, glass. Joey is really lucky that that thing did not come down on his head and just take him out. Because it very well could have. Not to mention, that was spraying glass everywhere when it broke that window. Glass shards. And Joey is just like, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. I don't smell anything. I am completely... He's got the... the the thumb and the, the index finger in the circle with the ohm, ohm, ohm kind of thing going on. Yeah, apparently Joey is an eagle just gliding, soaring, floating in the sky. Not a care in the world as cement just starts pooling around his ankles. <laughs> he doesn't feel any wetness whatsoever like covering his feet. We cut to the stairs where Jesse and Danny come down. Danny has got a big black bag of leaves. Complaining about the mess. Have you ever seen such a mess up there? I mean, can you imagine what ground leaves do to a carpet? Or how hard it is to get grounded leaves out of a carpet? How would you want to bet those girls are helping out with that? Like, you girls are going to help me clean this up. This is your mess. You created it. After you get those bears and whatever else you throw out that window, get your butts back up here because you're helping take care of this. That is nothing. That bedroom is nothing compared to this. Danny's eyes are like practically out of his head. Like, oh my god. Oh my god. This is like the world's biggest pancake. Cement pancake. Just splooshing farther out. Like, like just expanding, expanding. And Joey's feet are slowly being covered by it. It's like a quarter of the way on the floor 
a quarter of the way into the kitchen where the kitchen table legs are. So Danny and Joey jump into action as Danny's like, Joey, do something! How about whip those headphones off his head? Like, Joey, dang it! Stop it! Turn that off! Help me! <laughs> okay, so Danny's like, hey, I'll try to keep it from spreading. You catch it off the shoot. This is just slapstick stupidity with the, oh, here, Jesse's gonna go and put his hands... Pull his hands together like he's going to be cupping water. And eventually he's like, here, let me grab the bottom of my shirt and scoop, have it just pour right into my shirt. <laughs> oh, God. First he uses a cup. Oh, that's a, a wonderful coffee cup. Now he's, be Jesse's bent down, knees in the cement, pulling out of the chute, and he pulls out his shirt. Danny's got a broom. None of them are like, hey, let me go turn the truck off. That would have been the first thing to do. But then again, if that happened, we wouldn't get all this crazy, let's see what we can use that isn't going to help us stop the cement from pouring into the living room floor. I mean the kitchen floor, excuse me. Danny's screaming, get a bowl, get a bowl. So Je Jesse just goes for the bowl on the kitchen table that's got fruit, which he just flings down the stairwell. And he, Danny's like, no, no, not that bowl. That's my fine china. I'm like, ugh. It's your fine china, yet it's on the kitchen table holding, like, bananas, oranges, and apples in it. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> so, Jesse pulls from the top of the refrigerator this either glass or, or plastic. It looks like a, a large seashell which could either hold probably punch or <laughs> like dip or something although that'd be a lot of dip Danny is just being white like no no not that ball my mother gave me that <laughs> so Jesse gets the bottom drawer out of that uh, cabinet that once held um, Michelle in the uh, Rusty episode. Michelle was hiding in there with the spray cream to spray in Rusty's face. And then also there were a bunch of fish that, um, so he yanks out this bowl, um, and, or drawer, and it's got silverware on the bottom, just a bunch of silverware. And he's like, hey, Danny, do you have any attachments to this drawer? And Danny's like, well, no, I mean, I like it, but I mean, <laughs> so Jesse goes over with the drawer and of course it starts filling up right away. And Jesse's like, I'm going down. He's like, hey, turn off the truck. Because <laughs> Danny's just oh, using a broom, which the broom is now somewhere under this mess of cement because he comes up with a... Just the handle, like, this broom is not working. Like, of course it's not working. Turn off the truck, please. So I'm going to play this clip because this is just crazy hilarity. What <laughs> a mess up there, Jess. Is there anything worse than ground leaves in a carpet? Shoot! 
DJ is lying on her bed, just knowing she's waiting for that lecture that Danny is going to ultimately give. And the way she is, you know, the knock on the door, like, come in. And she, like, sits up, like, really quick. And you can see Danny is really trying to be calm and not scream at her because that's all he's been kind of doing. He probably did that as soon as uh, Steve and DJ eventually got out of the truck. Because he probably discovered them making out in there when he went to go turn the truck off. Really looks like he is trying to swallow that anger. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know you are, Deej. I know you are. And she says, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to pay you back for the ma that mess. He's like, uh, <laughs> yes you will. But right now, I want to talk to you about you and Steve. He basically says, don't worry, we'll work something out. Like, you won't be getting an allowance for a very long time, if ever, anymore. Now, Danny's like, well, now there's something else we have to work out first. And you see Danny's face, he's really uncomfortable about, you know, what he knows he's got to bring up. And DJ is like, what did I do now? And Danny is really, like, wringing his hands. Like, oh, God, I really I don't want to talk about this this stuff with my daughter if I don't have to but you know she's at that age like you do really need to like have a talk with her about that important stuff so Danny's like well actually something that I did um I don't know if you noticed but I kind of was following you and Steve around today with the vacuum and DJ's like oh yeah I kind of noticed you like following us and not giving us any privacy which after that whole fiasco at the apartment, why would he even say, I really am surprised he didn't say, you guys need to, like, cool it for a bit and not spend as much time together for a little while. So Danny's like, well, I really didn't f respect your privacy, so in a way, I, I think I kind of forced you and Steven on that cement truck. Danny, after what happened, do you really feel that she deserves to have that privacy? She kind of, uh, she messed up that trust. By falling asleep. I get it. Mistake. But even still. I mean, I think both parties are kind of wrong here. Danny really should not have let her go over there. And TJ should have set an alarm on her watch if she was able to. Which she probably wasn't. Because it's just probably not a digital watch. Just one of those one with the hands. And he's like, what I really wanted to do was. I, I, I just wanted to talk to you about what I was feeling last night at Steve's apartment. And DJ was like, Dad, I know what you were feeling. I mean, Steve's whole building knew what you were feeling with your screaming and everything. So, I... 
Danny is really like taking that blame full force. Like maybe I overreacted just a tad, huh? And she's like, oh, I, maybe a little. I mean, screaming at DJ did not help the situation. And if that were going on in today's world in an apartment, someone's screaming, the police would most likely be called or someone would be like, excuse me, is there a problem here? Do we need to get the police involved? I'm surprised that guy who complained about the loud music didn't come in there and start pounding on the door like, what's going on? What's going on? Stop that noise. And DJ's like, Dad, well, I tried to explain to you, but you wouldn't listen to me. She's like, well, you were treating me like a little, I was a little kid again. It's like, well, I don't think he was treating you like a child. He's treating you like a teenage daughter who broke curfew and stayed out late at her boyfriend's apartment. <laughs> if he were treating you like a child, DJ, he would have taken you by the hand and yanked you out of that room and chastised you like you were a little, like you were Michelle's age. Does it always seem like when the adults go to have lectures with the kids, the adults end up being the ones to apologize? <laughs> I mean, he just like all I kept thinking about was Kathy Santoni, a girl your age, having a baby. And then he's like, "Well, then I saw you and Steve on the couch, and I just my mind just I lost it." <laughs> and DJ's like, "Dad, look, nothing happened." He's like, "I, I know, I know, I just." And you hear that music come in right underneath as Day and he says, everything is just getting so complicated. I mean, you're a young woman now. You're in a serious relationship with a boy who has his own apartment. And we do get a mention of Pam here. He's like, I guess uh, um, if your mom were around, things would be a lot easier. Um, Here's the thing. <laughs> I don't think... Pam would be allowing DJ to go over to Steve's apartment. Uh, 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 mm, mm, no. She would not be allowing her daughter to go to a frat party when she's a senior in high school either, Danny. I mean, you can't be lax with your kids just because you feel guilty because they don't have a mom anymore. That is no reason to waffle in these decisions. Like, if your mom were here, this would be different. You'd have someone to talk to. And I mean, it's great that he trusts his kids and everything, but it's like, no, you don't, you don't need to apologize when you're talking to your child about what they did wrong. And don't be playing, putting the blame on yourself because that is on them. They need to learn that they did wrong and they shouldn't, you know, they know they did wrong, but don't like, it, it, it's almost like you taking the blame for what they did is excusing their behavior. And it's, that's just going to allow them to say, okay, great. So if I screw up again, then this will be fine. And I like how DJ just puts a hand on dad's shoulder, her dad's shoulder and just says, dad, you're doing fine. This is, this is all right. I mean, we're getting through this together. And of course, she's got Aunt Becky too. I mean, for, for talks like this, which... <coughs> and DJ's like, Dad, you don't have to worry, okay? I'm not Kathy Santoni. I love... D Danny's this, this smile on Danny's face is just like, thank you. Oh, my baby girl, thank you. And she says, Dad, there are so many things that I want to do before I settle down and get married and have children. Which, think about it, in 2016... Her oldest son is 12. So that means that she would have had Jackson. She would have had Jackson in 2004. That's nine years 
after her senior year of high school when she would have graduated. So that means she had him like four years after she graduated college. Or odds are, I mean, depending if four years of vet school, because she does become a veterinarian. But I, I like this here. DJ's like, I'm being careful. I have so many things I want to do before I settle down, get married, and have a family. And she does specify get married and have a family. She's not going to go the Cassie Santoni route. Danny, of course, is just grinning ear to ear like, oh, honey, this is so nice to hear. And he says, you know, we should have these talks more open. He's like, anytime, Dad. Anytime you want to come and talk, I am here. Unless the door is closed, then you knock. So she's like, oh, um, about Steve's apartment. He's like, oh, no, honey, you can go. That's fine. I trust you. As long as you're back by curfew, all right? And she's like, well, gr that's great and all, but, um, Steve's landlord says you owe him. Steve's landlord says that Danny owes him. Him 30 bucks for that chair that he broke. And Danny's like, what? That piece of junk? I gotta be suing him. My back is still in traction. Danny, that chair was not probably meant to have a um, six foot tall man and a 170 pound, but however much you weigh, I don't know. <laughs> and that's where the episode ends. I just love DJ's bedroom. It's just a mix of like a salmon peach color with um violet purple we also get um a lavender purple floor with this beautiful framed uh poster of a whale tail and the sun setting and the sun like setting oh, like over the water is like golden and then you see like um this rock formation or I think it's a, a rock formation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got, like, I can't read whatever the saying is and everything. And also, there's something, there's another frame picture of, like, the Earth. So, it really tells us, like, DJ is really, like, involved in, like, the environment. She's very um, concerned about, you know, that and also the committees and stuff that she's on and everything. But I just, I love the colors of this room. It is so gorgeous. And there's also, like, um, even the closet is painted in, like, a nice light lilac color. So I'm going to play this clip. It's open. Dad, I know I've been saying this a lot lately, but I'm really, really sorry. I know you are, Deej. And no matter how long it takes, I'm going to pay you back for that mess. Oh, I know you will. <laughs> we'll work out something, but, uh... Right now, there's something else that we have to work out first. What did I do now? Well, actually, it, it's it's something that I did. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I was kind of following you around with a vacuum cleaner today. I thought that was you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, I didn't really respect your privacy, so uh, in a way, I think I kind of forced you and Steve into that cement truck. What I really wanted to do was just talk to you about what I was feeling last night at Steve's apartment. Dad, I knew what you were feeling. Steve's whole building knew what you were feeling. Maybe I overreacted just a tad, huh? Dad, I tried to explain to you, but you wouldn't listen to me. You were treating me like I was a little kid again. I know, I know. I'm, I'm really sorry, Deej. All I kept thinking about was Kathy Santoni, a girl your age, having a baby. And then I saw you and Steve on the couch. You saw us? Well, briefly, until the chair gave out. 
Dad, nothing happened. I know. <laughs> Everything's just getting so complicated. I mean, you're a young woman now. You're in a serious relationship with a boy, and he's got his own apartment. <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess if your mom were around, things would be a lot easier. Dad, you're doing fine. You don't have to worry. I'm not Kathy Santoni. Dad, there are so many things that I want to do and see before I get married and have a family. This is so nice to hear. <laughs> we should have these talks more often. Anytime, Dad. I love you. I love you, too. Oh, uh, one more thing about Steve's apartment. No, it's okay. You can go. I trust you. As long as you're back by curfew, all right? Thanks, Dad. That's great. But what I was going to say is, Steve's landlord says you owe him 30 bucks for that chair you broke. What? That piece of junk? All right. So that is the episode. I really liked it. This one definitely gets a chuckle, just a laugh, because the, the whole thing with the cement truck and just Danny and Jesse trying to get... And none of, it's like you're when something's happening, it's like your mind goes in overdrive, and it's like you are not thinking about the most obvious things that you should be doing. You're just like, I gotta stop this. What do I do? What do I do? And it's just, and just, just Joey just sitting there, just placid, just not even knowing what's going on around him. It's like, I'd be like, um, Joey, you know what? I really think that these um tranquility tapes are very harmful, like, you just caused. You could have stopped this whole mess and you were, like, zoned out on this stuff. What is going on? I think that stuff would be better suited for, like, when you're trying to fall asleep or something like that. But when... I mean, how many times a day is he listening to that stuff? I mean, I even think definitely, like, when you're... I, is he that stressed throughout the entire day that he can't focus at all and he just... He needs his, like tranquility tape security blank I, I don't know I mean everyone's different everyone has their things that they go through and I'm not trying to judge any excuse me judge anybody and everything like that but it's just like I and I get it it's for the episode it ended with the humor which it definitely did um <laughs> it just made he was wearing that beret the whole he must love that beret they clearly must love berets because we see him you know, not heavily featured, but every once in a while, he's like, he's got, I'd say throughout the show's run, we've seen him in a beret at least maybe 10 times, maybe even more, maybe less, but, um, as far as for the best, I really liked Michelle's outfit, her overalls with the, uh, blue shirt and the blue matching scrunchies was pretty cool. Runner-up, I think I want to give it to DJ's um, salmon-colored, peach-colored, pink-colored shirt. I don't know really how to... Um, but at the end, when she's talking with Danny, as far as worst outfit... Uh, it's gonna go to DJ's, like, denim, like, loose pants with the matching, like, uh, brassiere-ish type crop top thing underneath it really wasn't great looking it really wasn't it was not flattering at all uh most relatable character in this episode 
Um, I really don't have one. You could go so far as to say maybe Joy with a Tranquility Taste, but that's only because I listen to, and I don't listen to a voice, I listen to sounds and soothing sounds like that, and that's only when I'm like reading in the tub, you know, I have the candles going, I have the lights off, the atmosphere is just so, so nice. And you just see, like, by the candlelight, the um, the steam from the tub just rising in the air. And it's just so... And you got, like, the, the fire sound, crackling fireplace sound coming from the little stereo speaker from the... It's really... It's so calming. And it just sets the mood. Yeah. So next week I will be doing... Covering Season 7, Episode 5, Fast Friends. Where Stephanie starts junior high and she's tempted to smoke. We meet Mickey and Gia. Mickey will only appear in one more episode. Gia is pretty much here to stay. And we do see Gia in Fuller House as well. So look forward to that. That is the, the part of the Back to School series. And then after that, we will be completing the Back to School series with Season 8, Episode 2, Breaking Away. Where Nikki and Alex finish... They start, excuse me, they start preschool. Um, I got a little something. The cold open of this episode had Nikki and Alex playing with little doctor bags. And it reminded me of, um, I have some uh, audio clip here. It's Christmas 1992 at the farm, which is my parents' house. And my aunt had gotten... Um, my cousin, her her nephew, who was probably, if I was 10, he had to have been 11 or 12. And she got him the most unage appropriate gift you could give an 11 year old. It was definitely something that was made for children like Nikki and Alex. A doctor bag, a doctor kit. And the whole thing, my cousin is just trying, he's trying to be polite and everything, and he's really hesitant with opening it, and the, even the family's like, because my cousin's got a little brother who's about two, and the family's like, well, is that for, you know, Mike, or is that for little Tony? And my aunt's like, oh, it's for Mike! And she actually, at one point, asked, like, well, don't you like it? And the look on his face is like... <laughs> Yeah, like, I really don't, and even I said when she was rapping it, I even flat out said, like, I don't think he's gonna like that, <laughs> but I want to play that because it's just, it's so funny. I'm gonna play this, I usually watch this around Christmas time, and I definitely will, but uh, this is just, it's so funny. There is a lot of voices, a lot of noise going on in the background. My cousin's name is Mike, my aunt's name is Diane, so. He's just sitting in a chair, just opening this gift really, really slowly. Hey, you starting that rumor? 
be there that just <laughs> it's so funny the kid's just trying to be polite and everything he's like i really don't want to play with this doctor kit i'm like 11 and on his lap is the jenga game and like like yeah that is a suitable gift for an 11 year old a doctor kit for a two-year-old is not a suitable gift i mean no <laughs> But alright, I just thought I'd share that. It's funny. I got crack <laughs> out. I laugh at it all the time. Every year on Christmas, I put this in. It's just like, oh my god. So, that's my crazy, wacky family. Every year, I swear, I watch this around Christmas. There's always another uh, family member who's not in it. And, of course, it just... Uh, <laughs> makes it harder every year. Um, I want to play this clip of me at 10 years old. Like, and I've heard that I don't look that much different than I looked then than I do now. And also, I don't really sound as different. So I'm going to play that. Um, Angela! Say hi! Well, you didn't have to get up here and walk. I can see from way back there. Is Aunt Debbie your favorite Aunt Debbie? I guess. So that was me. So, all right, guys, that's the episode. I will be back next week with Fast Friends. And then after that, Breaking Away. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.